Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now, now listening, listening to Black, black Comics, Comics Chat. Chat. Black, black, black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey. A group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. One, two, one, two. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Black Comics Chat. This is episode two of season whatever, because we don't really count them, apparently. So um, I hope everybody is ready for this dope show. We have a full house. Um, but before we introduce our guests, I want to introduce the, the main man, the guy from... Deep in New York, <laughs> the coldest part of New York, Albany. The tundra. The, the frozen tundra, right. That's what we call it. <laughs> How you doing, Marcus? Doing great, man. Glad to be here. Uh, very, very happy to be talking about this already successful campaign. But you know, Already successful, that's right. We mentioned that they can't blame us now if it, doesn't, if it didn't get Right, right. <laughs> So, it can only uh, succeed. It can only succeed. We can only, at this point, we can only really reach the stretch goals, which is always good. Right. All right. So, uh, for those who don't know, my name is Anthony Otero, aka Latin Negro, the red, the, the driver of the red line, and uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna jump right into it. Uh, we have. Uh, we'll just start with Dorothy's Jean. How are you? I'm fine. And you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. All right, good, good. And uh, next up, we have LaShawn Colvin. Hello. How are you guys? I'm good. How are doing you? Great. Doing great. I am doing fabulous. Thank you for asking. Good, good. And last and certainly not least, Julie Anderson. Hi. Hello, hello. Very, very excited for, for this, this Kickstarter, which is already successful, Spirit's Destiny an ongoing comic series. And, um, you know, the way we're going to kick off the show um, is we're going to start with some origin stories. So um, whoever wants to go first, briefly, dis- you know, describe your origin stories. How did you get from, how did you get here? And uh, what was your beginnings? My beginnings, um, you're, are you talking about and get into comic Beginnings and comic book writing, exactly. Uh, my story is pretty dull. Uh, I actually got into it because um uh, I was in a comic book store with my son one day, and he wanted a Batman comic book, which I was very upset about. And I was, and I asked the the comic book store owner, "Do you guys have any Haitian superheroes?" And he told me Doctor Voodoo, and was like, "No, I'm talking about I need female Haitian superheroes." 
And he told me no. And he said, hopefully one day somebody will make one. So right there, and once he said that, that kind of inspired me. And then that's where Spirit Steps thing came about. And um, I needed something that represented me and my culture. So, like, what's better than having somebody who's Haitian creating a Haitian superhero, uh, which made it a, a very authentic uh, origin. So that's how I started everything. And then I just started scouting for uh, an artist. I uh, I kept working with different artists and um, I was uh, dropping uh, pinups on, you know, Facebook groups where I met Bashan and the rest is history. I just, you know, I, I just told myself like when, um, when I finally had finished uh, issue one, issue two, I was going to make sure I have a female presence in my, uh, more female presence when it came to illustration and that's how I got Julie, so. The rest is history. That's great. Can I ask you a question? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people where I think they might have had like similar observations to yours, you know, looking at heroes and not seeing yourself. But not everyone has the, the drive necessarily to go and make it happen. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what, what would you attribute that to the fact that you not only saw the need for a, a female Haitian superhero, but you also took the initiative to, to do it. Like, had, had you been writing prior to that? Yeah, I was writing prior, like, short stories. I would say the doubters, people that doubted me, um, that said my story was stupid or it didn't make sense, that's who actually motivated me. So if it wasn't for them, um, I would not be where I'm at right now. And they're still having produced a comic book for them same people that was doubting me. So, yes, I'm throwing shade at them. And, and yeah, we love shade. Oh yeah, I had I had to throw shade, you know. I I I I'm on comic book too, and they're still having produced a comic book. So I hope they hear this too. I because I'm throwing shade all day. <laughs> oh man. Well, whatever the motivations, we're glad that you that you 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 made it happen. No, and but mostly my motivation did came from other indie creators um, that actually said go for it. Um, that told me that my story, um, my plot was pretty decent. Um, I just kept reading books, and you know, it's just something that just pushed me. I'm like, I wanted to do something different because I, I thought writing comic scripts was easy. No, it was very difficult learning how to plot, write themes, and you know. Um, they wanted me to outline. I started outlining. I don't even outline anymore. You know, everybody have. I was trying to copy the DC and Marvel style of writing, and I just developed my own. You know, like I made it very simple so an artist can understand. And this time around, working with editor has actually made the process much faster. So, but that's that's what my main motivation. Was. People actually believed in me, but you know, the other one was just like a little side piece. You know. A little shade, but I'm good. Right, right. <laughs> Excellent. Cool, cool. Um, how about you, Julie? Uh, me, my origin story. Um, I was always into art. I loved art. Before I can read or write, I was always drawing. I was chasing over uh, Looney Tunes. I grew up on Popeye, but a Betty Boop. Um with three uh what's it called three cell animation so i used to watch all the black and white tunes 
and trace over them. And uh, my goal when I was young to be the greatest cartoonist. And after that, I got my first comic book when I was younger. Um, I forgot what it was, but it was from the 99 cent store in the 90s in, um, in Brooklyn. So I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. The art, the ink, the everything. So I, I just kept on like drawing and drawing and drawing. And um, then after that, I got really into like different art styles because I um, I like to draw in different styles and dabble in it because I think like all forms of art is really nice. Um, so I like to go with realism, like very stylistic art, like this geared towards a little more anime-ish or even just a little more, just a little bit more Marvel-ish, I guess, a combination of different art styles. But um, again, uh, just like Dorothy's, um, I think her origin story is more interesting than mine. No, yours is very interesting, you know. <laughs> yeah, and also just for listeners, um, I definitely urge you to go check out Julie's art online. Um, I was telling her before the show that I've been following her for a while, and I'd actually wanted to have her on the show anyway. So this was a great opportunity to, you know, to get you on. So, but definitely really, really cool art. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, LaShawn, uh, tell, uh, tell us your origin story, you know, about how you got involved in comics. Uh, well, my origin story started when I was kind of similar to, to Julie when I was younger. Um, I, a lot of people don't know, besides me being a comic book editor, I'm an artist. So whenever I pop out like drawings or anything, a lot of people get surprised about that because I don't really show it. But when I was younger, um, I was a huge, huge fan of Sailor Moon. And I remember I was like eight or nine years old. And this was way back in the day when we had VCR. <laughs> So uh, I used to record Sailor Moon on my VCR all the time and watch it after school. And I used to be so mesmerized with the art and just the beauty of like the girls and the whole girl power thing. And I remember I got home after school and I got a blue pen and a piece of notebook paper. And I, I stopped the VCR on one of the characters and keep in mind I had no idea I could draw like never drew anything in my life never thought of it never did anything and I drew what I saw on the tv and when I got done I was like oh shit okay this looks exactly like what I just threw what I just drew so that moment I knew that I had a connection with art and I knew that my dream would be to become a famous artist and a really good artist. Fast forward to 2014, when I got into the comic book industry, it shifted to me loving being more kind of taking the editorial role and kind of taking the back seat behind the creators and behind the artists and behind the writers and kind of just being that support system for them and kind of watching them bring their babies to life. So um, um, that's kind of how I got into the comic book industry. I started out um, with my own title, Beautiful Soldiers, but it kind of shifted to me being editor over other people's titles as well. So here we are. 
Cool. And how was that, um, you know, transition from, from being the creator to, you know, supporting other creators? You know what, Marcus? I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be hard because I swear to God, my co-editor on my Beautiful Soldier series, we talk about it all the time, how, you know, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to give props to Julie because she was the one who kind of told me that it's okay uh if the creators that I'm editor for, if their title, you know, if the artist is not on point. And Dorothy, she probably remember when we first was doing some, when we first had the first artist on your other title, uh, Nia Kyler, and the artist sent me some stuff, what it sent me and Dorothy some stuff. And it wasn't what I knew that her, Dorothy's other book should be, but Julie, Julie would tell it like it is, and she was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and I was like, well, Julie, I'm just trying to be supportive, you know, and she was like, no. You know, people see beautiful soldiers, and they're like, that's what they're expecting you to bring to their work. And, you know, it's a, uh, I I respected Julie for for letting me know that it's okay to do that. So, it was a pretty tough transition in the beginning, but now, you know, I'm all for it obviously with with focusing on editing like you know it seems like that's your focus now so i was saying are you planning on getting back to your own um you know creating your own books in the future well i'm actually still in the process beautiful soldiers they beat this year so i'm actually still working on my book while i'm still editor for other creators as well and i'm also uh editor-in-chief over uh uh, short pieces as a pub Dorothy's publisher. Uh, we have different branches within short pieces, and the specific branch that Dorothy's is under, I'm over all of those creators' titles as well. Okay, cool, cool. Awesome. So, you know, so the book, the, oh, you go ahead, Tony, you take it. Sorry. No, I was just really going to get into it. I was just, I want to know what Spirit Destiny is about. Well, Spirit Destiny is about uh, a teenage girl who's very rebellious. She's basically like the illustration version of myself. I was very rebellious. Um, I did not like to be told what to do. Um, basically, um, there's a little sci-fi going on. Um, one issue one basically, you learn about Spirit's um, personality. Um, she she snuck out, and you know, um, from being disobedient, you face her consequences. Issue two. You're going to see what happens after she faces her consequences. Like what type of abnormal uh, activities happen from her sneaking out the house. Um, I actually implemented some um, Creole. Uh, I'm bad at Creole, so thank God my friends helped me out. So you guys will be learning a a second language while you're reading a comic book. And um, I... I was so happy with Julie because she understood the concept of, you know, as a individual from the Caribbean. So the way she illustrated the grandma, I was just so pleased because she knows that patients, they love to wear bandanas on their heads because most of the time when they wear bandanas on their heads, you know, in Haiti, they use that same cloth to balance, you know, carrying things, transporting things from their heads, like in a big basket. So, she really, really made me uh, envision my grandmother. This is what um, I created the, this character. It was based on my late grandmother. So 
it really, you know, it gave me some uh, nostalgia. And you guys are going to love the art because it's like a reboot. Issue 2 is like a reboot from Issue 1. Issue 1 was just my starting point. Issue 2 was like, wow. It's just a, it's just like a different atmosphere. I love Julie art. Um, Julie got on my nerves. I got on her nerves. But the process is beautiful. You know, I got on LaShawn nerves too. But oh Lord, yes you did. Yes. At the end of the day, we are all passionate about telling a great story. Yes, we that's are. pretty much it. Like if if I had a whack dialogue, they would let me know. And that that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's one thing I can say. So it was a great process and um I I want to continue working with these individuals and they really motivate me. I'm still working on Spirit's Destiny scripts. So hopefully I can drop more uh, comic books. And, you know, Anthony and Marcus, if I could say as well, um, what Dorothy and Julie are like, you know, in the comic industry, me and Dorothy talk about how they say women in comics or women in general can't get along working together. And that is so, so totally not true. It has. It was so much fun working with Dorothy. We had our we had our ups and downs with it, and working with Julie was awesome as well. Mm-hmm. But um, what I love the most is that we were able to work together to create this amazing book and this fabulous book, and still keep our our personal closeness as well, our sisterhood. Because the girls know I'm very big on sisterhood and girl power. So I'm happy that we were able to do all of that, too. That sounds really, really dope. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... I was going to say, I love the fact that you have... There's a sense of teamwork there. uh, And I'm I'm hoping that that really comes through in the book. But go ahead, Marcus. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. I was just going to say I appreciate that. And I think that um, especially, you know, we've covered extensively on the show the fact that, you know, comics is an industry that in general doesn't really, um, isn't always inviting, you know, to women creators and especially black women creators. So, I mean, Amen I think that, that mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm saying like, you know, efforts like this to make sure that the, the entire team is, uh, you know, giving opportunity to, to talented black women, I think is important. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the art though, because the art looks really good. And, 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 and in terms of, the art and the character design, what was sort of the basis for the way the character looks? Oh, am I free to speak? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah, when I spoke, I'm oh, sorry, uh, when I spoke to Dorothy, she was telling me the the reason why for her comic and everything like that, and also the origin story for um, Destiny. And I got inspired, you know, like, you know, to me, and I don't know how people cannot tell who's from which island, because I feel like everybody if they're from the Caribbean, they have a distinct look. Like Haitians look like Haitians to me. Jamaicans look like Jamaicans and so forth. Um, and Dorfis also has very um, attributes that make her look like she's Haitian, even though she's first generation, just like I'm first generation Ghanese American. So um, I use her picture as reference. And also um, I also looked up pictures of the natives in Haiti too. And that's why I got the the dress and everything. And also when I was, I used to live in Miami for like high school for like five years or so. And the crowd I used to hang around with are all Haitian. And they have a very particular way of doing things, very particular way of dressing, very particular way 
of, you know, doing their hair and so forth. So, and when I saw her, the other art previously that people do for mock-up designs for um, Spirit, um, well, Destiny, um, it felt too American for me. And the way she looked and her body build was completely different. Um, I feel like they did did like a kooky uh, cop-out for like the average American teen. You know, they're from the islands. People are built differently, in my honest opinion. So that's why I got inspired with the art and so forth. I use reference from, you know, photos on Google and also um, from Dorfis and so forth, like what she provided me and what they did previously before too. So um, from there, and also the fact that Someone told me that she's 15 years old. I was like, oh, okay, she's 15 years old, but everybody else draws her like she's a full-grown woman. And yet she's taller than everybody else who is a full-grown woman. So I made her very young. Yeah. I gave her baby fat in her cheek. Um, I also gave her a more of a um, softer build rather than sharp and angular because, like, Haitian food tastes good. So you can't be skinny, baby. <laughs> 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 In my honest opinion. Cool, cool. And is um your so in general, I mean you were speaking before about your your kind of artistic process and I mean I think you you referenced like you like to capture realism, um, I think. So is is this was your, your artistic process on this book the same that you usually bring or do you kind of change from project to project? Um, I change the product to product depending on the creator's demand. Sometimes they say, Hey, I want something mm -hmm. more realistic, hey, and also depending on the genre too. Um, for this, um, I made it, I guess, more cartoony feeling, even though it's not in Sterling, it isn't, because she's a young individual. And usually people who are young, because I was 15, I like looking at art like that. Um, and also, I like looking at art that had Black features, especially if they're supposed to be Black people. Because every time I saw art growing up, and it's supposed to be a Black person, I got confused. It's like, is this, who is this supposed to be? Part, not, not. Black or African-American or anybody African descent or island descent is probably something else. Probably like the Indian, not even Indians look like that. So, um, and I wanted to do something where it would it, it beautify or even just celebrate the features that make people different because um, we do have a problem in the comic book industry where people like to change the skin color of a character and say, okay, they're black. Mm -hmm. No, don't, don't do that. It's that if that was the case, then like blackface and what are whiteface or other people do, they can pass on for different ethnicities. And that's not the case at all. It's interesting. No, absolutely. Yeah. We were just talking about that on Wednesday about uh, that. Not everybody can yeah. draw black people. Not everybody can draw black hair. Yeah. Uh, and yep. it's just very apparent here that um, you just go all out, and it, it's it looks. It, 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 it's worse when a black artist can't draw a black person. So I, I just be very so. I, I was so discouraged when I was looking for artists. So it's like when I stumbled upon Julie, I'm like, oh, okay, she can draw a black. But yeah, it was very very hard. I'm very big on diversity. Um, I have all my characters are different. So if you cannot. If you're not versatile drawing different ethnicities, I, I can't work with you because I'm I live in Miami. You know, mm -hmm. there's not one certain race here. So Julie know what time it is when in Miami. We have mm -hmm. different type of people here mm -hmm. all walking life. So um that's why I was very picky on artists. Um I would tell the artist, Oh, can you draw black people? Oh yeah. 
no, the features will be so, so different. And then when I question about it, they get upset. So I'm like, okay, you know, I just catch ghosting and keep it moving. So, so I totally understand where Julia's coming from. Well, um, I don't blame those artists, especially uh, black artists who go to the art field, because in art schools, they only teach you art, um, European art standards, nothing else. Yeah. And yeah. when you do, do any type of realism with fine art, it's just like they will pretty much leave it up to your own devices versus there's no books on drawing anatomy on uh, black features. Mm. It's only books on drawing anatomy of European features. And um, even for uh, the only people I can say granted who can do it all is people who do hyper realism. But there's no books that teach them. They're the ones who discovered them all, um, themselves. They're the ones who, you know, get models of different ethnic backgrounds and they love art and the human body as it is, right? And then being biased just because they taught in school. Um, when I was in college for a bit and I took an art class, the my art, my art professor, she was Russian and so forth, and she was teaching how to draw the human face and um and how to break it down and so forth and yeah i'm a self-taught artist and everything like that so i guess this is the first time i took an art course and um and like then and she pretty much told it like textbook standard wise and all the it's, it was interesting because all the black kids were saying like oh well the, she's teaching European features. She's teaching European features. Is this, is this what we're going to get? Blah, blah, blah. They were just pretty much complaining. I was like, okay, this is interesting. I wonder what they're going to do when they draw faces. And the teacher said, draw your neighbor. Their neighbors, of course, were there in the one group. So it's each other. So when they drew themselves, they drew themselves in European features. All the time that they were complaining about it. You can tell they didn't put the practice to draw people who look like them. But when they look at my paper... Um, that I had some black people sitting next to me, I drew them for what they were. You know, the professor didn't condemn me or anything like that. Oh, wow, you're really good. That's pretty much it, you know? But if all the other black kids looked at my paper and they were like, they were astounded and also surprised and they didn't say much in class at all. It's funny how they complain about it, but they don't go out the way to learn about it outside the school setting. Yeah, and I think that definitely, I mean, as an artist myself, I think there's there's always a kind of unlearning process, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. because of what you're, you're, you're talking about, the fact that the baseline for things so often is, you know, you're Eurocentric. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, a, a lot of artists I've spoken to have, have spoken about that. And I'm talking about people who, who draw Black people really well. They talk about, you know, the moment when they switched over from maybe the things that it initially inspired them or what they were taught and, um, you know, really focused on capturing black people as well, you know? So it's, uh, it's definitely necessary. I, th I think, I think you guys should have a, uh, you know, have a, have a, have a class on comics or something. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when I was a, when I was a kid, cause I, I thought that I could draw, it turns out I'm a better writer, but, um, I remember buying what the, the how to draw the Marvel way, um, and I remember yeah, how to draw comics the Marvel way. Yeah, how to draw comics the Marvel way, and I remember looking through the book, and I'm like, "There's like no black people in this book. Like, how do you how do you adapt that to what you're showing me?" And it, it's just I, I just when you mentioned the the whole you know they take they teach people the European style, it's just very interesting because I don't ever remember being told how to draw people of ethnicity 
No, they, they they won't say yeah. it, but they just say, okay, this is it. This is the art history. The only art history you know is European. That's true. Yeah. I, I went to school for multimedia arts and I took an art class and that's all they was teaching us. That's all. And I was just looking at Lady Crazy. So I started to get reference um photos from online trying to draw black people. She gave me a D, but I didn't care. I took that D. But <laughs> <laughs> Because it was so it's easy to draw somebody European compared to somebody, you know, uh, any people of color. So it's like our our features are so defined. So I want I wanted that challenge, but but she changed the grade because I had to, you know, really talk to her about it. But yeah, but, you know, everything what you guys are saying is correct. You know, I've, I've watched um, YouTube videos and they're mostly European faces. And it's not their fault. It's just what they've been taught. So I totally understand. Awesome. Um, so getting getting back to sort of the, the writing, uh, and I'm always very interested in the, the writing process. Um, how, do, how do you end up uh, writing? Like, is it something that you just, it's just word vomit on paper? Or did you, you have to really... Um, about it, outline it, and then come up with the script. Oh, I, you know what? When I first started writing, I did start outline. I don't do outline no more. Um, when it, I just get inspired, like I could be outside and just get inspired just to write a story. Like, uh, but the problem is I don't stay focused. So I'm trying to learn how to stay focused on one story at a time. Cause, uh, you know, I, I, I tend to lose myself in my creativity. Um, I, I wanted it was once upon a time I wanted to be an artist and but I feel like writing just just take me to a whole different level like you're creating something from your vision and it's coming to life on paper so like it's it's a beautiful thing working with artists that can make your 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 writing become into reality so and I have another book that I'm coming out with Nia Kaler which is part of the Spirit's Destiny universe that Julia's drawing. So uh, I can't wait to start promoting that. So it's like, it's like, dude, like, I just can't believe I'm actually at this level of my uh, career that I'm actually showing people what I have been envisioning in my mind for so long. But um, I'm also, I, I tend to write short novels. Like, I, I'm also working on that and film scripts. So it's like, my mind is always racing. I just don't want to stop because I never want to get comfortable. When you get comfortable, you start to fall off. So that's something I just always want to keep challenging myself when it comes to writing. I absolutely get that. Um, <clears throat> I can never stay in one place either. Um, it makes it difficult when you're when you want to sort of outdo yourself, um, and you just keep having all these ideas. I I, I totally get that. I totally get that. So let's see, um, you are fully funded. So let's talk about some of your, your, you have some stretch goals, right? You can speak to LaShawn about the stretch goals. I, um, I just found out about what is still being discussed. So I guess we, it's gonna be rebuilt tomorrow. Yeah, uh, we're, we're actually, uh, I spoke with the publisher about the, the, uh, the stretch goals. Uh, we got some, we got some pretty pretty neat ones. Uh, we're going to um, kind of reveal them on the Kickstarter 
and says tomorrow. Okay. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Did somebody just the thing beeped or something? I don't know what that was. But um, but yeah. So we're going to kind of reveal it tomorrow. Um, but I do know that uh, one of the stretch goals is like some trading cards. Another stretch goal is like a new art, some new art. Um, it it we got some that we're going to talk about. Okay, well, you know, I look forward to them. Um, I know that I'm going to jump on this Kickstarter, um, and I'll be looking forward to some stretch goals, definitely. Thank you for the support. Yeah, thank you, guys. That's awesome. Yes, I didn't know. I, I didn't know if I knew if I, I had to just come up, um, develop an all-female creative team. I was that a long time ago. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> like very, people are very supportive about it and it's like you know we're not we don't have that much opportunities in the industry and we're very much silent sometimes they don't incorporate us and stuff and I'm a very vocal person I will call people out and um, I want to work as much I want to work with a lot of female <clears throat> artists and I'm still going to work my male counterparts because a lot of them if it wasn't for them, I would not be where I'm at because, you know, a lot of them believed in me. But mm -hmm. uh, I am going to make sure in any book that I work on, I will have a uh, a female lead. But the only female I ever worked with was a woman. I'm, I'm saying female. And the only woman I ever worked with was um, Lori Foster. She was my mm -hmm. anchor. And we're finally going to be reunited. And <laughs> I want to continue working with different women artists because I feel like we still can do the same thing as our male counterparts. So, but I'm not gonna stay, steer from working with men, with men, but I'm gonna continue working with a lot of women artists because I think we need to be out there in the forefront. Absolutely. One of, one of the, the good things that uh, we're also trying to do with issue three is with Lori being the inker, um, Dorothy's will have another woman on board. So, you know, she'll have Julie. Um, to do the pencil, and then Lori will paint it. Um, which we're also going to have another. Well, we're in talks with another woman that's going to be a that's a female colorist, and she's amazing. She's done a lot of lot of lot of good work. And then you know you have the female writer, which is Dorothy, and then the female editor, which is me. So another all female production team. Pretty cool. Wow. So. I feel like you really kind of develop a dream team here, um, <laughs> and, and, and I'm really enjoying that. I'm glad you are, because I have more contents coming. I don't want to. I don't want to stop. Uh, I have a Muslim character. You know, all the characters I'm, I'm actually mentioning, they're actually featured on issue two. Um, I have a Muslim character named Nora, and um, Taylor is my best friend. And also a character that was developed by Joe Davis, Victory. So they all featured in um, issue two. And um, their book's going to be coming out pretty soon, probably after the Kickstarter. So I'm going to start, um, you know, start speaking more about them. But um, I love the, the, the writing process. I'm happy that um, Spirit's Destiny um, book was successfully funded. And I can't wait when the, the stretch goals are um, unveiled. And I'm very proud of the ladies for putting up with me. 
<laughs> I am very hard to work with. Ooh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, I'm not even denying it. it was like, no, I'm not. That was, that was some enthusiastic agreement. You know, yes. it even got to the point. Ju- Julie, knows is, Julie knows exactly why, why I'm saying yes, Lord, because she'd have been through it too. Dorothy, That's true. Dorothy, me and Dorothy's got into an argument just the other night. But yeah, I, I curse them out. Yeah, I do curse them yeah, out. Yeah, she yeah, will call right. me. She will call me, cussing me out. She could have been to talk to the publisher about something that I don't know what the hell they didn't talk about. But I, since I'm her editor in chief, I get the blunt force of the trauma. Of so when she, she called me, she was like, "What the hell are y'all doing with this and that, this and that?" And I'm like, "Girl, what are you talking about?" So yes. She's a handful, but I wouldn't change not one bit of her because I know her passion and I know how hard she's worked. It's been a lot of conversations that me and Dorothy have had, including Julie, where Dorothy's wanted to quit. But the part of having a team is because when you are down, when you have a true team, they're supposed to be like, "Uh uh-uh, bitch, pick yourself back up and let's make this money and let's do what we're supposed to do. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I didn't mean to say that. No, no, no. No, no. This is, uh, no we, we keep keep it real. We definitely keep it real here. It's not rated and, at all. Like, I'm, I'm very passionate because this is a Haitian character. And like I've been saying, no one, no one cannot write my character. Only these two ladies can probably write my character. Probably have a few other people. If you're from the islands, yeah, you can write my character. And um, I'm very passionate about it. So, like, when somebody would be like, when somebody makes a decision and say they're going to draw my character, yes. You're gonna hear. You're gonna hear my mouth, and I will side eye you because of the fact, like this is my baby. You know, I created this character, and I don't want anybody just like drawing her without my approval. Because, like, come on now, I well, I created this character before my grandmother passed away, so like I'm very passionate about it. But some people don't really understand that, and plus, this character is here because of my son, so. I just want people to understand they need to respect the the creator and um don't make decisions on people's you know character designs and stuff. So I, that's one thing uh that really bothers me. But um she threw that in there because it's part of why she went off on me the other day. I, mm, I She's so shady. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't play that. Like one you know you know, the best thing I like is when somebody will hit me in my inbox and like Dorothy's, can I draw, can I fan art your character? That's respectful. I'd be like, yes, go ahead. That's 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 what you call respectful. When somebody just, you know, make a decision, oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear my mouth. Like I will, I will say something. You're and and if in your feelings, it's not my fault. I, I don't care because you did not respect me of asking me. So I I I used to be like, why people act the way they do? I totally understand that because it's your character represents yourself, you know. And this character represent me in every aspect. So yes, I do get sensitive about that. So yeah, but they went through hell with me, but that's okay. They die though. They still alive. Look at them. See, they good now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so that's why people are really seeing seeing how the mm-hmm. sauce gets made. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I used to curse out Julie all the time. Yes. She just just <laughs> take me serious. <laughs> I curse out Julie all the time, and she mm-hmm. just never took me serious. She just laughed. You know, she's from New York. Yeah, she's from New York, so that was nothing to her. 
Yeah, yeah just, uh, the, the etiquette in um, Florida is vastly different from up north. When I went down there for Georgia for con, they thought I was being mean. I was like, "What? I, I, I thought I was being friendly." It's like, "No, don't, don't do that down here." It's like you have to be all this side of third. That's like, oh, I thought you know, because I guess they say New Yorkers joke too much and they think mm-hmm. we're serious for everything that we say. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, no, those are all jokes. It's like, really? He's like. You hurt my feelings. I was like, wow, it's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you know, also, the, the best part of working with these two ladies is because it's been a lot, and they know how I am. I'm very, like, just straightforward. And it's a lot of times where I just said some stuff to Julie, and, you know, she takes it. And that's what I respect about her a lot is because, you know, she takes the beating, but and she just keeps pushing. And I, there was one part of time in production where I was kind of upset with Julie about some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but at the end of the day, she did what she was supposed to do. She delivered. She did. She drew an amazing, beautiful book. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for both of these ladies. Cool. Now, uh, Julie, do you do um, colors on the book as well? Yes, I did all the art, like the lettering, um, the colors, the pencils, and the inks. She's selfish. She didn't want anybody to touch the book. That's she told me. <laughs> I, I can definitely relate. I get it. <laughs> well, it, I, I saw the auctions, and um, at that time, Lori wasn't available, so I was like, "Don't nobody. Sorry. Just, I can't. And um, I know LaShawn was looking for an anchor and, and everything to look for, to match with my art style, but it was hard to find it. It was. Child, she didn't want nobody touching her art. She said, no, I just nobody. Don't. Sometimes nobody. you got to take your, your destiny into your own hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's remarkable because she did a whole book by herself. And, you know, um, the next time go around, she don't have to worry about that. We're going to have someone that's going to back her up. Um, You know, like, I'm going to have Lori. Lori is pretty awesome with her ink. Yeah, Lori is pretty awesome. And then we're going to have a colorist. And if she want to do the letters again, she can go ahead because Julia's good. She's, you know, all around versatile. So, and we'll probably find another, you know, another uh, female art um, letterer to do it because I... You know, Spirit's Destiny, that's how I started off the production, and that's how I'm going to end it. But my other contents, I'm going to be very um, versatile. I have, you know, there's a lot of uh, male creator um, artists that want to work with me, so I'm going to give them that opportunity, and they just got to put up w- with me. That's all. Because I'm paying you guys, y'all going to put up with me with the same thing that these ladies went through. You guys going to build that relationship, and y'all going to put up with me. <laughs> Yeah, all gonna get cursed out. Yes, Marcus, Ooh, your yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Okay, see, I'm gonna grab you too. All right, at, oh. le- at least I've been oh. forewarned about yes, about the, the atmosphere. Yes, and Marcus, just just be out on the lookout for them them twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning phone calls. <laughs> going out and you know and. <laughs> I I just say all right, girl. Okay, well it, it's all on Front Street, so that's 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 good. Hey, all artists don't be. I'm being honest. 
I'm being honest. And, you, and I'm, I'm getting some inbox anyways. People just want to still want to work with me. That's cool. Just prepare to be cursed out, but you're going to get paid, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You I think we got to quote that. Payments. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Verbal net PayPal. So you have no worries. We can do that. <laughs> As it relates to the story, I, I wanted to uh, really hit on my perspective on my culture. I was not born in Haiti. But I lived in that culture, like waking up eating the same food every day, day out. Um, my mom, she didn't speak Delicious. English. Delicious. Um, so I like I had to teach myself how to read. And, um, you know, like she like my mom and my dad were used to always tell me stuff about Haiti, what to look out for. My mom took me twice to Haiti and she brought me to places where I learned about the historical facts about Haiti. And she always told me this one thing. Um, we, my, your people always been bullied, but don't let people bully you. So uh, I've learned so much from my culture and I've, um, I've always embraced it. Even though people try to make me like be shame of it, I've never um, been ashamed of being Haitian. I feel like um, my creator put me in a, the best position, position ever. And I don't regret it at all. You know, even though I had to eat the same food from breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, I accepted it. You know, I I embraced that moment. Um, I I know a second language, so and um, each every single day I'm still researching because I still feel like I don't know enough about my culture, and I'm glad that people saturate me with so much knowledge about um, Haiti. And when somebody had like when y'all president has said that little comment, and I'm like. Mm. Yeah, uh, don't say y'all president. Don't exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not saying y'all president, but I'm. No, I know. I know what you meant. You meant in the sense of y'all's little president. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, I think you guys. I'll be like, I think you guys don't forget that Haiti did fight a couple of wars for you guys. Like they were there for you guys, and you guys still bullied them. But you know, it's all good though, because at the end of the day, they're very humble. You know, they don't hold on to the grudge. Well, they do hold on to grudge, but they don't bring it as, as much, but I've learned how strong they are and how ambitious they are. So I love my culture and I'm going to continue embracing it and I'm going to bring those historical facts into the comic book and continue teaching you guys some, a little bit of Creole. Sure, I'm still learning myself. My mom said my Creole is horrible, but I understand it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, on on... on some real stuff i mean you know haiti is extremely i think important and inspirational for for black people of the diaspora in the west in that you know it's the one nation that led a successful rebellion you know yeah and freed themselves i mean you know obviously the united states and these other countries definitely made them pay the price for that but there's this you know that's something powerful though the fact that you know of, of getting your gaining your own freedom in that way yes yes and you know uh we, all we can do is just embrace it and uh you know I, I'm, I'm excited like i'm, I'm kind of happy that they bullied us because at the end of the day it's in history that we were bullied by this country and that country and your face will forever be dirty with me so um i i don't hold any grudges we all we could do is just move on and that's why mm -hmm. we have a uh, female superhero now and hopefully one day I could have a, a Comic Con in Haiti to show people 
like what I've created uh, from America. It's a Haitian American superhero, but you know, I just hope they can love it as much as I do. I'm planning to send some books to Haiti anyways. I had sent the first issue to a school in Haiti last year, so with help of my friends, so I'm going to send more. And I'm also working with a charity, so oh, that's cool. let's see what happens with this Kickstarter. Cool, cool. Also, shout out to um, shout out to Chuck Collins, also also repping Haiti. And- Yo, I'm gonna work with him, man. Like I gotta hit him up. He be too busy for me, but I'm. <laughs> no, I, I think he heard about you. He be busy, right? I'm gonna hit him. I already told Chuck I need him for a project, and he said anytime <laughs> I need him. Like he's one of the first Haitian creators I met. Y'all know about Greg. And yeah, yeah. I didn't even know there was more Haitian creators. I, I feel like I'm the, I think I'm the second female because um, Roxy that works for Marvel, she's also the Haitian. So I'm like, okay, we coming, we coming out here. <laughs> We're working on it. It's good. It's about time because like usually with Haitian culture and also in Haitian culture. It's not really promoted to become to be in a creative field, especially mm-hmm. uh, especially if your parents are shoving down your throat, either a doctor, or a lawyer, or a oh, nurse. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's how you get your life by. So like when I met um Carl, um uh, Chuck and when I met like Greg and they're all from New York, I was really I was like wow that's awesome. I thought I was one of the only few people from the islands who didn't like go through that route of life, you know, being a creative person. But like it, it's awesome. It's really awesome. It's just it's just sad how like parents still think till this day that this you only you only have three um, career paths: lawyer, doctor, and nurse. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I mean, I've definitely lived the uh, the Jamaican version of that. And <laughs> um, my yeah, 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 definitely. It, it was it's funny though. I think my parents they just looked at me. And they were like, well, he's not giving up this art thing. So, you know, they <laughs> they eventually, you know, they eventually got on board. And then the conversation was more about like, all right, well, what's the most profitable, you know, artistic field you can get into? Mm-hmm. And I can't say I followed that either, but, you know, it's, it's <laughs> so, yeah, like, I mean, again, I, I, I dropped a little bit before, um, but did you get to the point of speaking you know, about now that the campaign has been successful, um, what the next step is as far as stretch goals or otherwise? Yeah, we, we talked a whole lot about... Oh, okay. Just, my bad, my bad. <laughs> we had a whole was, party and everything. The, the, so my, my computer practically blew up, so I, I just... It was... Yeah. I, mean, I missed a lot. It's okay. <laughs> the stretch goals will be announced tomorrow. Hopefully, I don't know, probably somebody from the team or I announced it. It really don't matter. Um... Uh, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, I see people still pledging, and I, and I appreciate every one of you guys. And um, I can't wait. You know, three, 23 more days. It's that's a long time, man. Like uh-huh. that's a very long time. I didn't expect you to even be successful in six days. And I just gotta say, shout out to my doubters. You know, shout out to you guys because I did it in <laughs> six days, and probably next time it'll be sooner than that. And I'm just blessed. That's all I can say. Yeah, definitely. And and it is important for people to keep pledging, you know. I mean, I think that um yeah, cuz it it's you know, a great success story, but it's um pretty cool that you still have so much time to just build on on what you've already gained. So, let's keep it going, people. Wow, I'm I'm just looking at this 22 days to go. That's <laughs> 
That's crazy. That is. And it's also like, I, now I really want to see what you're going to do with stretch goals and how quickly those will be sort of just taken up. Yeah, man. Like, what if the, like, we exceed all our stretch goals? It's going to be like, <laughs> like, for real. Like, I know, like, several people are just waiting towards the end just to, just to put that push. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like, there's just people like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. And they're actually waiting on the stretch goals. So um, whatever they announce, I hope they're great stretch goals. Um, and, you know, it can, you know, give that little push. And and we just go from there. Uh, I'm ready for this book to be out in people's hands. I want to hear everybody review. You guys, when are you guys going to do my review? I know you guys do reviews, right? Hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Wait, you guys didn't yeah, Kat. I- I'm gonna get Kat to reach out to you guys so you guys could do my review. Like, come on now, guys. Okay, no, no, we got you. We got you. I'm I'm working on multiple projects myself, but we can make time for that, most definitely. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate, if, that. I appreciate that. And if you ever have a problem, you can just call Marcus and yell at him at 1 a.m. <laughs> got you. Marcus, I got you. Wow, thank you. To- yeah. Tony's volunteering me for cursing. All right. <laughs> nah, just... <laughs> Please direct your ire at Marcus. No, or, no. or honestly, we could just give them, you know, Thelonious's number. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what he said. Thelonious said, call him up. Exactly what he said. <laughs> Definitely, I, th- I think that it is it is important, um, and we'd like to do more with reviews. Um, it is it is a balancing act, you know, with being a creator and a podcaster. But we will definitely definitely help you get the word out. He's kind of modest, you know. It's like, oh, with being a creator, like he's not doing like several things, uh, which we'll I guess we'll talk about later. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to live up to the Jamaican stereotypes. <laughs> The, the, the positive ones, not the not the bad ones. All the, all the good ones. No. So you know how to speak patois? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. So um, but yeah, man, I I don't know. This this is just really cool. Um and also, you know, shout out to your uh your 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 tight little um uh video, your Kickstarter video. You know, oh, right. I, I right, think that's right. some, I think that's important because um, you know it's it's that it's the initial thing that that people see you know when they when to draw them into a campaign and I thought that it was you know it was well done and um, I've seen some kickstarters for for amazing books that well you know the video wasn't necessarily well put together um, and I think sometimes it can um, it can get in the way a little bit so yeah I definitely... I was, um, I, uh, the publisher my um. Michael for that. He did. He did a good job um, doing uh, displaying the video. Um, I appreciate it. Um, when I was recording this video with me talking, it, it took me a while because I'm not used to recording myself. But you know, he he executed it, and you know, he got the word out, and it helped people pledge. So I'm grateful <laughs> for that. So let, let's talk a little bit about. Um, hold on. I do have a question. Short Fuse Media, and um, let's talk a little bit about that. And uh, you, you mentioned about like all the different characters in book two, how they have their own separate characters. Are, 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 are you looking at creating like your own little universe? And how does Short Media kind of, Short Fuse Media, excuse me, play into that? Um, they don't. I'm um, actually working on, like, let me, like, they're not working on it because of the fact 
when I came out with Spirit's Destiny, I did it on my own. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure I do that on my own before I get into any other publisher because I feel like I got to go through that struggle before. Like, mm-hmm. I went through that struggle with doing issue one, paying my 3K. So it's like, okay. Then, you know, when I got the publisher, they uh, invested in my book. I'm cool with that. But uh, when it comes to uh, uh, my, my, my other um, contents, I have my Muslim um, character, which I will be working with a Muslim writer because I want my um, the book to be very authentic. Um, I have a Jewish um, um, character that I developed for a fan. So she wants me to create that book. Um, I have Mia Kayla, which is my um, best friend. She's a, she's a lesbian. So that's another book that I'm incorporating. And also um, Victory, uh, a South African European um, white girl. So that's another character that was developed that an artist gave me. So I'm writing all these books at the same time. And I'm going to be working with, like, uh, uh, LaShawn already edited uh, Mia Kaler. So that's done. So I'm working on that. Plus, I'm working on a children's book. So I'm keeping myself busy. But yet, the, I opened up my universe because I wanted to show people that I have different uh, female superheroes with different um, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my Muslim character, she's from Qatar. That's my friend named Nora. Uh, women don't have that much of a voice over there, you know. Um, so this is the reason why I created that character. And, you know, you see how Muslims are being treated right now. Um, my, my best friend, you know, you know how it is with the, the LGBT community. I'm part of that community. So, um, how people are treating them, Haitians. Well, you see how, uh, black women are being treated and Haitians are being treated. And, um, the South African, um, uh, white woman, she's very pro-black. I mean, her pro-black, but, you know, She's not going to be respected because there's some people that's woke, don't, you know, think, you know, just because of the color of her skin, she's the enemy. So this is what reason why I opened up my universe. I wanted to open, expand people's mind and really trigger them like some type of a different emotion. So I'm still working on it. Hopefully I finish the script by this month. I've been lazy. I've been so lazy. Oh my gosh. I don't think you've been lazy. That definitely doesn't sound like it. Um, you know what Julie said? Julie said, I don't keep my mind on one thing. And that's a good thing, though, because I'm still writing. I'm actually I'm also writing for a client. And uh, I wrote a, a, a kid's book for him. And I'm writing my son's kid's book. So it's like, I'm trying to keep myself busy. I don't want to slow down, but I had needed some rest. So I've been focused on this Kickstarter. And once it's done, hopefully I get more content. I'll probably start pushing out more content in May because I got a Comic-Con in April. So I just want to show people like my creativity, like how much I can bring out. Um, I'm, go- I'm I'm looking forward to working with Julie again for Nia Kaler. So Julie, we prepared to be getting cursed out again. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Let me interject first. When you said like um when I told you that um you your mind can't focus on one thing, I told you you're not designed to focus on one thing. And that's why you should focus on multiple things. So you won't feel so stressed out. Because when she was solely only working on spirit destiny, when I guess when she's going on her rampages, like she's too vetted <laughs> in the story. <laughs> and because it wasn't going the way how she planned it because too many hands in it because it was with the publisher. I said, yo, man, you need to focus on your own passion project. If you don't do that, 
you're uh, you're gonna feel you know you're gonna feel like all types of wrongs are insulting you right now you know and i and i kind of open her up to give her you know to start developing more stories she already did have stories um that she's still in development but she kind of put that in the back burner but now i'm glad that she's working on her um, personal stories um to push it out there right focusing on spirit destiny fantastic story and everything but you know of course when when it's with the agency and everything there's certain things that she cannot do with the property certain things she can do and um it's like going through the whole process going through a, a third person versus of getting everything done yourself yeah and i'm glad i'm coming out with my children book as well my uh me and my son we have we both have adhd and my son has uh, uh, a disability so i'm actually representing um making a comic book based on him um you know uh, i made him into a superhero and a, he's what he's my biggest motivation so i wrote a book i'm writing a book based on what makes him a superhero you know a lot of kids they want to be superheroes but they don't know the things that they do make them so her heroic so i made this book based on him and I'm, I'm planning to come that out with that pretty soon and this is my first time writing a kid's book but yeah julie i'm gonna hit you up about that too i need to carry yeah. the guns oh, okay yeah well, it does seem that uh, you're all very lazy. Not having enough to do. <laughs> please, please get some sleep. Please get some. <laughs> I, I speak from experience. Make sure you get some sleep. Uh, once you have kids, you can't sleep. Simple as that. The only free time is at night when everybody's sleeping in the house. I, I definitely have that experience as well. So I, I, I got you. Oh my gosh, he, he's. I'm, you, you guys, lucky I don't hear him in the background. He'd have been saying something right now. I had to put him to sleep. I had to, <laughs> I got him full off a of pizza, and then he just okay. He was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm, it's KO time." So I'm I'm happy about that too, because last time <laughs> he does not care. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't. It's all good though. Um, yeah. So Tony, is it uh, is it is it chat time? It's chat time. It's chat time. So uh, before we move into other topics, is there any any other uh, notes mm. that we should uh, really discuss about Spirits, Spirits Destiny? Um, Continue pledging. Uh -huh. um, Absolutely. That's pretty much it. Continue pledging. And I just want to just thank everybody from the bottom of my heart for believing in me. And it's just pushing me. That's pretty much it. All right. All right. Sounds good. So um, for anybody who might be on Twitter right now, there's a bunch of links that went up, um, not only to the Kickstarter, but to a couple of different um, drawings and sketches. So uh, we will continue to promote um, your Kickstarter. We cannot wait for the stretch goals to be announced. Um, are you going to do that over Twitter as well? To announce the, the stretch goals, I um, oh, I'm gonna talk to the publisher because mm -hmm. I rather show, I want to show my face, you know, uh, and speak to people live about the stretch goals. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow, like, uh, whatever Lashawn hit me up, I'll mm -hmm. go live on Twitter and Facebook, and Instagram. And let oh, them girl, know don't I? I don't mean to cut you off, but don't forget you're supposed to go on live also to do your getting intimate with your feet videos that you have not done that I asked you to do like three days Stay. ago. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I'm <laughs> great. 
Well, uh, all I'm saying is just let us know. Uh, we'll make sure to, to, you know, promote and retweet and, and all that so that uh, we can help you get all that stuff out there. Awesome. All right. So, Marcus, I mean, it's not like we haven't just spoken a couple of days ago. Uh, any topics that come to mind? I know you haven't finished Voltron. So what have you been watching? Uh, what have I been watching? I actually I have not really had a chance to watch TV in the last couple of days, um, but I'm I'm definitely excited to catch up on Deadly Class because, um, you know, anyone who listens to Black Comic Shot regularly knows that as far as the book, um, it's definitely a book I've been championing for the last uh, few years. So um, I haven't gotten to see the series yet, but I've heard it's really good. So um, I don't know. Has anyone else seen Deadly Class? Nope. I heard of it, but I have not seen it. Yeah. I need to check this. I need to check it out. It's um, I'm an otaku, so no. <laughs> okay, it's uh, you know I know I know it's not not necessary for everyone. The book is pretty intense too, and um, I read that the uh, the show is pretty much an extension of the book, so mm-hmm. it definitely might not be for everyone. But yeah, that's yeah. the only thing though. You know, as, as far as uh, as far as uh, TV for me. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Please. Uh, I do want to kind of also say with the remastered version of Spirit Destiny Issue One, mm-hmm. uh, the publisher did ask me to do uh, a remastered cover for Issue oh, One. Wow. So that's something oh, okay. that that's I'm, that's your artwork. Yes, that's something I'm working on this weekend. So that's going to be kind of like on the Kickstarter too to let people know to be looking out. You know, even issue one is getting some love with the new logo and a a variant cover because it never got one when Dorfeet did it, uh, the first issue. Okay. So is is there any, uh, you know, remastering or changes to the the story or the, the art in the interior? No, no, not anything changing as far as the story or the art. But um, me and Dorothy did kind of talk about maybe putting a couple of, like, uh, creator notes in there uh, Mm -hmm. to kind of give people an even more bigger uh, look into, you know, what Dorothy was thinking when she was creating this character. Cool, cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, I mean, that's one of my, my favorite things with definitely old school comics. They used to always have, you know, back matter in the back with the letters, yeah. pages and things. Yeah. And um, I think I- Image has been doing that with, with certain books. So I think it's always. And I love, when I tell you, I I love when uh, publishers or creators do stuff like that because I can have like, okay, now don't laugh at me, but I have every print of the Sailor Moon manga and I'm going to continue to get every print that they release because every time they release a new print, you know, my mentor is Naoko Takeuchi, the creator of Sailor Moon, and she puts so many notes and just good information in in, in her book. And I was talking to Dorothy about it and I think, girl, that adds a lot of value to your books that you've already done because people love to know like you know, what were you thinking when you did this? Like, what was going on in your mind when you created this character? What made you give her the name Destiny? Like, you know, stuff like that. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And I could definitely see with this particular story where that, you know, there's a lot of material that you can you can explore. Exactly. So I'm actually as soon as we um as soon as we in in the podcast, I'm actually I was on the phone with Dorothy uh when I got off of work uh today going to Michael's <laughs> to get my <laughs> to get my Bristol boards because my damn computer didn't go out on me. So I can't connect my tablet, my drawing tablet to my computer. So I got to old school it, which I never thought I would ever go back to drawing traditional. But, mm. you know, I was on the phone with Dorothy. So I said, girl, this shit is high. <laughs> 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 it's been so long since I bought ink cans and Bristol boards and all that stuff. I said, girl, this shit is high. All right. So now now you're getting into some stuff that's definitely been on my mind. Cause I I um I held on to traditional art for a very long time. And um, you know, in the last, I would say in the last five years, I, I I've definitely um, you know, I got a Cintiq and I worked digitally, you know, a lot more. And on the last few last couple books I did, I definitely have made I've always penciled um traditionally, but the inking and color I've always I've been doing more digitally but I do try to do um some digital inks and st- um some traditional inks in between because I am afraid of like losing that you know what I mean or I'm afraid of so so are, are you finding that like going back is um is really challenging in that way because you have oh, options yes. <laughs> yeah yes oh my god yes because it just was so much easier for me, you know, when when you when I was drawing uh digital, I didn't have to worry about, you know, I didn't have to worry about buying no paper. Mm-hmm. And so definitely uh, save money. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And it's so much easier and quicker. And if I make a mistake, I could just hit control E. Yep, yep. You know? the, the the undoing is is um I mean, that, that's what I'm afraid of, though. You know, having that option to undo that, like, really? you know, well, I just don't, I just don't want to um, get de- to become dependent on it. Is my point. You know what? I think that that's where I mess up at, Marcus. I'm dependent. <laughs> I mean, you know, though. I mean, you, you, it's, you don't lose it. You don't lose it permanently. It's just a matter. You know, of the last it. time that I drew traditional. How long ago was it? Three years. Oh my gosh! Oh Jesus Christ! Wait, you you mean you haven't drawn a single a single thing since three years? And it it might be over three. It might be four years. But I I was when I took Dorothy. Was I not fussing just earlier? And she just was laughing. She wasn't no help. Girl, I was like, it's not that serious, but you know, I'm not an artist. I wouldn't know. Yeah, it it comes back though. It comes back. I definitely think that, like, you know, being an artist, there are times where, um, you know, it's like even like 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 sports. You know, there's there's definitely the the mental aspect to things where, you know, you can have all the abilities, but sometimes we get in our own ways mentally. So, um, you you you'll find it. You'll find it again. Well, yeah, it does come back unless you have a long history of drawing traditional. But with people who started from the get-go digitally, um, Mm -hmm. I've noticed some people who just can't or too afraid to even 
there are actually very famous cartoon artists who are from Marvel, Dark Horse. I'm not going to point out any names. And I'm sharing a table with them or I'm talking with them. And everyone needs to draw on this one paper. And they can't draw anything. Oh, wow. They can't mm. draw anything. I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't even look like you're drawing. It doesn't look like comic book standard. But in their book, everything looks amazing because yes. they're so dependent on the software because yes. there's software now that makes automated everything. Even LaShawn knows a few people who does, you know, like sometimes when I'm drawing the buildings of some pages and I show LaShawn that, he said, you doing yourself, you need new software? It's like, what can you use software? You know, you know, just, to you draw, know just to get buildings in or yes, like cars. Or yes, vehicles. that is so true. And it's so crazy, Julie, because... Uh, one of the artists in my Beautiful Soldier series, he's uh, the artist for Boom Studios on Power Ranger, on the Power Ranger title. And he did my main cover. And mm-hmm. he didn't draw the background. I found it out later on. If you look at my, my main cover of my Beautiful Soldier series, he he drew the girls, of course. But the mm-hmm. background, the destructive city in the background, yeah. he didn't draw that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, me and Julie could tell, you probably could too, Marcus, because we're artists, but, you know, regular people probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But it just goes to show what Julie was saying about the dependency on being a digital artist. Now, before I I became a digital artist, of course, I was a traditional, um, and I weigh in the two out, I have more experience, well, I have more time with Mm. traditional than digital, but I don't... (laughs) Julie, you think I'm? You think I forgot? You you think I forgot it? I don't know. No, 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 no. You did not forget it. It's just okay. that it's it's just like we've seen so much people professionally who make comic books for a living. I guess because of the demand and turnaround has to be so fast, they just right. don't draw the what they're supposed to draw. Even there's some comic book artists who are guilty just using tracing over models. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, sometimes everything. with those, sometimes with those, you can tell who. I'm, I'm not calling out names, but I mean, there's some that are are famously known for tracing models. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. but yeah, like, like, like what Julie was saying. I'm sorry, Julie. I mean, to cut you off. Um, no, no, no. Please continue. Please continue. Oh no, no. All, all I was gonna say real quick was like, like what Julie was saying. Being given that you have like a long background with traditional like you don't lose it you know because i i teach art um and i've seen the same thing like i have um some teenage students who very much are all about the digital you know and i always tell them the same thing that i learned which is like you have to have the the fundamentals first you know and then you can do whatever you want with the digital as long as you know how to do it both ways but like yeah if you try to start digital and you don't have the background, then you're not, you know, coming to the table yeah. with as many tools. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You can't offer anything to nobody or even this art advice. Even if you are self-taught, because I'm self, self-taught and LaShawn self-taught. And, um, like, of course, you don't know the, like, the, uh, the lingo that you use in school. But, like, um, but when I see people, digital people who give, like, art classes, they can't say anything. They they literally just use tools all day. Um, I'm not even confusing with um, concept artists because that's what they do. They more they have more fine art background with realism and whatnot. Some people who start from digital. Same thing with the problem with people who draw off their favorite cartoons or anime and they only mm. draw in that one style. 
oh no, this is my same character. It's like, no, it's like you're mimicking a style. You're not developing mm-hmm. your own style, nor are you drawing or challenging yourself to draw new things. That's why you're stuck in this lingo, this like forever right. art island where you can find yourself in this one way thinking mm-hmm. and it's not spanning or your art is not as good as others just because you're not even challenging yourself or even trying new things or learning new things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to grow. You you definitely have to continually grow. And I mean, I think that the deadlines that you mentioned for, for some of the people on the big two books, like that, that's serious. Like it's like your, those deadlines are, are, are tight and they, they're always coming at you. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's funny because like, I think like many people who grew up as artists, I was very inspired by like big two books. But um, and it, of course, if you asked me when I was a kid, it would be my dream to draw for them. But I think mm. honestly, right now, I'm don't get me wrong, I wouldn't turn down work. But mm. by the same token, like that's that's no longer really where my dream is at. You know, what I mean, I, I kind of just want to tell the stories I want to tell um, and not be imprisoned by a nonstop crazy deadline. Yeah, and this is actually one of the same reason why um, a lot of uh, Marvel or DC artists, like, well, actually more so than Marvel, because they have to mimic the art style previous to them that made mm-hmm. Batman, uh, that, sorry, not made X Men so unique or whatnot, but they quit to do their own thing. Like Eric Powell, he made uh, The Goon. Yeah, The Goon, yeah, yeah. I, I, love, I love his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, you know. And it's not, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's good stuff on Marvel, but I just think that that it's a machine, you know. Like, any anytime you have a gigantic corporation, um, it's going to, the operation is going to be be a machine, so. But, yeah. So I was, I'm, I'm glad we got in some art talk. So, Ju- Julie, uh, yeah, like, are you um, mostly digital? It, um, I think... When he was working, it was just, it was more like traditional than anything else, but you were forced to draw in a different, um, not his own style. With the goon, he really did express himself and like put himself out there. And also he was able to tell his stories. A lot of old school um, artists from Marvel and those big companies, they start doing that their own. And this is also one of the reasons why um, those big comic book companies are seeing a drop in sales, just because mm-hmm. they're losing with originality and uniqueness when it comes to indie comics. Or indie storylines. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, I think one thing you know, Sanford Green obviously has done some cool stuff mm-hmm. with Marvel, but like I'm, I just love what he's doing with um with Bitter Root, um, and it's you know you could tell he's just allowed to really bust out and and really do his own. I mean, I guess he's always done his own thing anyway, you know. But like I, I just I think this is some of my favorite work of his that I've seen. That's awesome. I yeah. agree. It's just, it's it's just sad when you come dependent on something and you can't do without it. That just shows mm-hmm. that you you locked yourself in the box without even knowing it. Like, yeah. um, I recently started having computer problems. My Wacom, I went through like six Wacom tablets in two years. Ooh. And yeah, I know. Is and that just just from the sheer amount of use, or? Um, the the first time with the kids, not that with sheer amount of use, and after that, um. The Photoshop also is very wonky, especially all these updates. Mm. So just me more so troubleshooting, and sometimes I draw too fast for the Wacom, and it causes it to lag. Like sometimes it will take like five minutes for a line to appear in my um, thing. I, I recently, and yeah, now a true believer, appropriate for life. 
and okay. now I do everything traditionally. If I have to do something on the Wacom tablet, then it's just graphic design work, pretty much. Okay, so now you're you're doing mostly traditional. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm. I also have the same problem with Lashawn. It says I just I have a whole bunch of a Bristol board paper already. It's just me just making sure my inks don't rot mm-hmm. and checking sure everything is clean and um, moving all the toys off my art table. and uh, because i was using my art table for every time the kids have broken toys to put on my art table for me to fix them for them and also for my computer now it's now i have a space just to put paper at and make sure everything's clean and make sure the kids don't draw my stuff it's yeah that's that's pretty much it but i've always been painting realism though so i'm not so like so detached from traditional Mm-hmm. per se it's just that traditionally i was more painting versus just inking and doing comic book pages okay cool cool wow man it's really turned to art talk i hope, hope we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't drive anybody away no this, <laughs> this is fascinating i've never heard about this so as a, as the lay person i wouldn't know i guess i wouldn't know the difference but wow it i guess it's just like using final draft so much when it used to be popular when it first came out it's like using Final Draft for for all your writing, and since everything is like automated, you don't need to you know separate the dialogue and everything or do it in, in interior exterior. Then when it comes to Google Docs or anything, you have to manually do it. People just forget right. how to format their scripts. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. That's okay. a good parallel. Yeah. yeah, that is a great parallel. I get it. I used to have Final Draft. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool. So, um, so one thing I wanted to, you know, hear from from everyone about for the chat portion of the show is just um some influences. I know you guys have spoken about some of your inspirations, but um, can everyone, you know, give some of the creative people who you might not have mentioned who you draw inspiration from, or it, it could be anything. It could be it could be you know a, a book. It could be a comic book. It could be a film. It could be a creator. My favorite writers is um, Gail Simone, G.W. Wilson. I love Erica Alexander. Mm. I, I usually call her Maxine from Living Single. I, of, I, course. I, <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. She will always be Maxine from Living Single to me. Maxine, she sure. Laugh. On Facebook, if I see her pop up, she'll laugh. And I'm like, Max! And she'll just laugh. Mm. So she, and she's doing great on um, Black um, Lightning, by the way. Mm. So I gotta go watch some more episodes. But yeah, they're very inspirational. Like um, Babs Carr... Um, I look a lot of, I look at art a lot, um, you know, and also a lot of indie um, creators now, like Sonny, I like um, Tiara, I like uh, Shaquille, uh, I love uh, Ramel, uh, there's a lot of indie, um, Greg, he's very inspirational, mm-hmm. I love him. Um, oh, and his this, little sister, yeah, oh my, Yes, I love her colors, I need, I need to get in touch with her. Um there's more indie writers that really inspire me today mm-hmm. and that pushes me. Um, especially Chuck. When I first met Chuck, he was super nice to me and he just told me to keep going. And we just be just clowning on either Facebook or Twitter. And Karama, she's such a sweetheart. Uh, yeah. She didn't even know me. She was promoting the hell out of my first Kickstarter. And uh-huh. she told me I got to keep writing. And she gave me pointers of how to have a, a successful um, Kickstarter. And she told me to not stop. So I, all these people really inspire me because I've been around to see them. I've seen Karama when she first started 
And yeah. I've been watching her, and look where she at now. You know, she's banking. So absolutely. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get in that type of level. And you know, one thing I've um, she always told me, just like I keep saying, do not ever be comfortable. You know, and I don't, I don't ever want to be comfortable. I want to keep working, and I want to stay busy. So those are the main people that really inspire me, and people continue to inspire me to this day. You know, new creators each day when they come in my inbox, it's like, oh, you inspire me. They're inspiring me because like the little things that I'm doing. It's like, and the things that they're saying, the word, the kind words that they're saying, is really uh, making me more uh, motivated and very ambitious. So um, I thank everyone that's been in my inbox asking me for help. You know, I'm trying to get you guys the best resources there is, and I really appreciate you guys. You know, I'm a very humble person. <clears throat> I'm very vocal. Don't don't let this podcast scare you guys off. Well, I haven't scared none of you guys off anyways. Y'all still gonna come my inbox, but. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. And you know, I mean, that that is important because I think there are so many, um, there are so many like really cool, supportive people. I mean, I think I think Chuck and Karima are definitely really um, great examples of that. But we, yeah, and you guys had just came out the blue and just hit me up, and you guys were the first podcast I ever did. And uh, you know, I told you, you guys, anytime you guys need me. I will just jump on with you guys. So I appreciate that your first podcast made me more comfortable doing any other podcast because I did one two days ago. So it's like now it's just a breeze, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like I'm very comfortable and I can be myself. I don't have to be like a, a robot, you know? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think anyone's going to accuse you of being a robot. No, no. <laughs> I love being myself. I don't want people to try to change me, saying, oh, you got to be like this. You know, I am my personal brand, which right. is true. But a lot of people, like, when I do censor myself, the people be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yo, I'm censoring myself. I'm my own personal brand. You know, I want to present. And they're like, no. Like, when I come on your Facebook, I expect to laugh, to be yourself. So I'm like, I'm like juggling, like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so I'm like, let me just, you know, be myself, but tone down my language because you know i want to respect people so that's that's the main thing but you know people motivate me every single day hopefully i learn how to draw because i'm trying to learn how to draw like julie but i know that takes years so i'll just keep paying her and keep it moving (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's what's up um so yeah any other any other uh creative influences or inspirations uh I would say the creators of Chrome Trigger, the creators of Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super, after it got a new production team, um, Sailor Moon, the one in the 90s, and the manga, because like the, what's it, uh, the remake of Sailor Moon had also the same problems that Dragon Ball Z Super had, because they didn't put that much money into production. Um, but they got redone and everything like that. I'm, I just like um, uh, a lot of animes. Thundercats, Thundercats, all the way. Mm. Yeah. Original or the oh, uh, the newer one? The original. I I there used to go. do Thundercat sneakers. What? I did like custom Thundercat sneakers. Yeah, it was crazy and stuff like what? that. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. I did. I did wish that the. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I grew up on the original, so I dig that. But um, I did wish that the the newer version had a more of a shot. 
because I feel like they cut it off pretty soon. Uh, yeah. mm, I think. But you you weren't digging that one. Um, I like the original mm-hmm. <laughs> because like um, <laughs> what they do, they no because they when they remake it, they make they're trying to make it very I guess for a simpler audience, a younger audience, trying to make it yeah. relatable. And this is why Marvel yeah. and DC taking this route, making every superhero younger or a, a child or, or whatever descended just to attract a younger audience. And that's yeah. what they're trying to do. You know, it does work, but I feel like some things should be left sacred. Like, mm-hmm. Thundercats original was beautiful. Let's see, Mum Ra. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. how scary he was. Yeah. And yeah. Very memorable. Yes, and the art was spectacular. That blew my mind away. And the new one is great. And I saw they take more of an anime appeal. But mm. everybody was significantly younger and they knew about his backstory. I um I heard that people was like, Oh yeah, it's really good and blah blah blah. But I'm just like, but it's not the original. The original had like, you know, Panthro. He actually had and this is one of the few animes, a few cartoons that actually had a black character. He wasn't a black man who had black mm-hmm. features. But we knew. And, oh, he was black. Yeah. yeah. We knew. Yeah. And, and also his voice in a woman, too. And the, she wasn't black or anything, but like the voices and everything. Also, Memra, um, he was a mummy and he was an Egyptian character. Yeah. Um, and right. so forth. So they had a lot of Egyptian elements in the original show. In the new one, they didn't really capture that at all. It is, they trying to make it everything more, yeah. not distinct, but more like this Martian putty and so forth. And all used cats from the jungle, you know, especially that run in um, Africa and so forth. So that's what I liked and appreciated about the show back then. Also like uh, a, a boy in the man's body type thing. Because mm. um, I used to watch Rama one and a half, like with a gender bender, then like characters who find themselves in unpredictable situations where he aged significantly and they don't they trying to and like you know even though he was a display as a man but he was a young boy who had to take great responsibility and everybody saw him as a leader so there's a lot of pressure on him because if he was young and have a prince of a boy people will start babying him sorry i just went into thundercats no no, no, no. The story. no I'm, in, I'm enjoying it this is yeah good. i'm into it yeah <laughs> and um and I like how the writers were able to pull that off, and it not only it attracts everybody from all ages, and it just it was amazing. And no story that I've seen today is able to replicate that. Even the remake of Thundercats, the remake of one of Thundercats is just it was more of a coming of age type thing. But you mm. see with everything else. But I was very surprised with She-Ra, the remake on yeah. um, on Netflix. I first, my kids were watching it. I have um, a nephew and my son. They're very, very young, and they would glue to it. I was like, okay, let me see what this is about. I was like, what? This, I was very surprised. They actually had a show that was appropriate for young audience and for older audience. And they actually, even though they didn't make it a topic, but they had relationships where you won't really see in the kids' cartoon, you know, um, same-sex relationships and so forth. And they talked about issues about, you know, uh, making decisions was right and wrong and, you know, and deciding your future. That was really, really that, I'm sorry, that, that story was amazing. How they broke it down and how they made it like uh, appropriate for everybody of all ages without anybody feeling, if there's something so fun in this show, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for your soul. I feel sorry for everything about your life. 
because even the clouds could offend you if you're offended by that show. Right. But um, but that show was amazing. Uh, Voltron also loved that show too, especially the remake. Amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Both of those, um, Shira and 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 Voltron. Uh, you know, it's funny because I uh, out of curiosity, because I had been watching a lot of Voltron, I revisited the original Voltron, and um, it's kind of crazy. So then that that prompted me to uh to kind of just Wikipedia it. And I, I never knew that they um, not only did the people who brought it to the United States, um, you know, really go in their own direction, but they had like no Japanese translators. So they basically were guessing what was happening in the story and uh, and just yeah. making a whole new story yeah. off of that. Yeah. You know what I used to do when I was a kid and they didn't have like anime cartoons off of, off of um, the American television. I used to mm. watch Telemundo. Telemundo had that anime. Right. And I remember <laughs> Dragon Ball Zeta and Sailor Moon <laughs> in Spanish. Zeta. And yeah. Oh, and, yeah, in Spanish. And Rama one and a half. I saw all those animes off the thing because it's like, it sucks. And when I saw the American version, they censored everything. I was like, are you serious? It's like, it wasn't that big with the, the censorship. <clears throat> they even censored um, their clothes. They don't run around naked or anything like that. Rama did have some few naked scenes, but it wasn't that big of a deal in itself from what they show now. But yeah, Telemundo. And also, I went underneath um, the train shop in Brooklyn. There's this African shop that helped to have a whole bunch of African dramas and VHS. And him and his peeps in the back used to just cut the VHS and just put translation subtitles on it for the anime. And I used to watch that. So, so walk down memory lane, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, what about you, Lashawn? What are what are some of your inspirations? Uh, well, a lot of my inspiration are kind of I guess more female centric. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very big on sisterhood and I'm very big on girl power. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Sailor Moon was is probably the num well, it is the number one inspiration uh, to me growing up um also right behind it would be power rangers even to this day i am the biggest power ranger fan and um <laughs> i still watch the show and, really yeah oh, i'm not wow. a, i'm not a fan well i'm still a fan of the show but of course like the newer ones mm, you know it's just it don't have the same essence that the original had so um but Power Rangers did play a big a big part of, of my inspiration. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Xena, um, a lot of those shows um, played played a role. Um, a lot of key people of whose work really inspired me, of course, would be my mentor Naoko Takeuchi. Uh, I love Charles Soule. Uh, he's a writer. Uh, he's one of the best writers that I have ever had the pleasure of meeting, talking to, and his work is really good. Um, Tony Daniels, uh, he's an amazing artist. I love him. Mm. So a lot of people really kind of play a big role, a really big role. Um, The newer, uh, the kind of piggyback off what Julie said about the new season of Sailor Moon, um, I I guess it could be the nostalgia because I didn't really see what well, the art 
you know, the art had its moment. But, um, you know, I love the, the newer season because it followed so closely to the manga. Yeah. Uh, the, the original Sailor Moon season, um, it had a lot of filler because, you know, while Naoko was writing the manga, they were also in production with this show at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they had to have a lot of filler. Yeah. But, the know, order story was different. Everything was different yes. in the show. Yes. And I kind of felt like Sailor Moon played such a big role in my life because, you know, it ha- it was. I feel like it was above its time. It was beyond mm-hmm. its time dealing with lesbian relationships, transsexuals, uh, all type of just stuff that, you know, kids shows nowadays probably wouldn't be able to really watch. But back then, you know, which is surprising because everybody was so much more closed-minded to stuff like that. So, you know, those all of those shows really played a big role for me. Cool, cool. Tony, I know I know a lot of things that you like, but um as a as a creative person, who who inspires you? Wow. Um you know it's it's interesting. I feel like everything I read sort of um inspires me. Um so it's it's really hard. I can't really focus on one. But if I had to um, I would go, I would even go as far back as like the X-Men, Chris Claremont from the mm. X-Men, yeah. um, the way he, he wrote those, those books back in the, uh, the late eighties, early nineties. Um, he, I, it's him that I feel like he taught me how to sort of drop a hint in a story mm-hmm. and, not, and not reveal that until later on. You know, like he's the type of person that will like he'll be on like issue, for example, let's say issue 80 and he'll drop like a little hint and then you won't see that hint until like issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. where like I really enjoy that type of storytelling where it's like, you know, I'm going to drop a nugget and I'm not going to I'm, I'm just going to leave it there and then I'm going to get to it later. Um, so that when you sort of put the whole story together, it's like, wait a minute. I, this sounds familiar or, or, or whatever. That's the type of, that's the way I like to like write a story is sort of make sure that, you know, I can connect the dots at some point. So um, he was a big influence on that. Um, who else? Um, you know what? I, I don't, it's not that I don't have, it's just I read a lot. So it's kind right. of hard to get like one person but if we wanted to talk about shows um mm-hmm. transformers gi joe <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know yeah. like, those type of those type of shows which are really corny right now like when you when you watch them now it's like i i can't even deal with it um but there are a couple of gi joe episodes i'll watch even now um just uh, justice league um mm. when it came out sort of uh, after 2000, I think it was 2002 or something like that. Um, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, those stories were cool. Batman, the animated series. Um, I got a lot of inspiration from that as well. And then when they started doing like static. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When they brought static out, and I was like, wait a minute, we got a black teenager. Like, we don't see enough of that. Uh, But I would say uh, I'm very much, as you know, into Miles Morales. Um, and with with oh God, and I'm gonna mess up his name. 
Saladin. Saladin Ahmed, yeah. Ahmed, what he does, what he's been doing with that character has been amazing. We're only two issues in, and I'm just like, oh yeah, pumping yeah. it a bit for the third one. Um, so yeah, different. You know, I, I take a lot from what I read um, in terms of inspiration, um, and when I when I read a book and I'm like, you know what, I can do this again. I've written two books. I haven't really gotten through the third one. Um, but every so often I'll read a book and I'm like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Marcus? Um, I'll tell you in one minute, but actually before I do, we had, um, we had some uh, audience comments from Shaka Jamal, Jamal um, who's, you know, been, been rocking with the show for a long time. Um, he had, he definitely had a question for the panel. Um, and especially for our guests, he wanted to know what everyone's thoughts are on Thunder and Lightning from Black uh, from Black Lightning, as far as you know, girl power and and uh, lady lady heroes. So yeah, is any ever, anybody uh, watching Black Lightning? Uh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, girl. First of all, they're fine. <laughs> um, I love the chemistry that they both got. You know how sisters are always fighting. Yeah. I love that. In the in the storyline, and I'm glad they finally had revealed her her costume, mm. and you know her acceptance, the her tug of war accepting her powers. I love the storyline, and when they introduced um Erica Alexandra, I was like, oh okay, I'm a fan for life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they fine. That's all I had to say. No, absolutely. All right. Anyone? Anyone else? Um, okay. I'm. I'm an otaku, so... <laughs> okay, I got, I got you, I got you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, uh, I I personally have not seen, seen it yet, seen the show. However, it is on, it is definitely up there on one of my to-do lists. Um, mm-hmm. Shows like that, like, like, even like The Arrow and all, like, shows like that, I kind of like to let the season play out and wait for it like to kind of come out like on on Netflix so I can binge watch it. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. And look, I'm I'm the the definition of a person that's always trying to get to that's why Tony was talking about Voltron with me, you know. <laughs> I lo- I love Voltron. I just haven't there's too much TV out and I got I got a lot to do. But oh especially the new season of Star Trek came out. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I have not watched the episode that came out yesterday. But I, so, no spoilers, please. I am going to watch it after the show. Uh, yes. What happened was so. The ca- <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> yes, I Star Trek. I'm all all about it. I love Star Trek. Yeah, Star yeah. Trek is amazing. Especially this. Oh, this this first season. Oh my gosh! The first season amazing. was crazy. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I, I will catch up on that eventually, too. And I'm going to keep asking you. Yep, yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. You're not going to skate away from this question, though. So what's oh, yeah, your... yeah, no, no. So, yeah, as far as the question, I mean, I've, it's no secret to people who listen to, to Leo and I talk comics, but um, definitely uh, the Hernandez brothers, um, of, you know, creators of, uh, of Love and Rockets. Yeah. Um, I, I, I dig them both, but uh, but I'm definitely uh, team Jaime. You know, Jaime Hernandez is uh, just I, I'm I've I've always been fascinated because um, he's able to to capture so much 
um, in the style. It's not that it's simple, but I think he makes it look effortless in a way, um, you know, and, and he's just using like the white of the page and he's just using solid black, but he, um, he gets so much out of that. Um, you know, like a lot of depth and a lot of perspective and just, just a lot of, um, of character in general. So, so definitely Jaime Hernandez and, uh, Love and Rockets. Um, and just, I don't know, a lot of people, I, you know, being somebody that was, was really exploring my, my artistic skills in the eighties, um, as a kid, like the, when the, when the whole image explosion happened, I was very, very inspired by that, you know, um, and then I think after that, you know, I really just started looking at other artists because I was so, so into that and I was so inspired. And, you know, when, you, when you're a kid and you're learning, you're, everything is kind of derivative because you're just looking at what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then I started, like, really appreciating, like, the Alex Rosses um, mm-hmm. and, like, some of those people. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz is, is just, um, I don't know, that dude is crazy and he's kind of on another level. Um, so, and I, I like that he, he really, um, brought watercolors into comics, you know, and, uh, so yeah, that, I don't know, that's definitely an inspiration of mine. So there's a lot of them, man. I could, I could talk about it all day. Um, but. yeah. And, you know, I also neglected to say Dwayne McDuffie. Oh yeah. Yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, I mean, that dude can write, could write so well. So yeah, he, he's definitely, he's definitely up there. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, gone too soon, but it's it's incredible with the time that he had, the amount of the amount that he was able to contribute to the culture, you know, in the in the art form. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Looks like it's about that time. Okay. So I think uh, before we go, I think what we'll do is our one final roll call. Um, let us know where we can find you on uh, the, the internet. You know, that would be, you know, Facebook, you know, Instagram, Twitter, where, where people can find you and uh, where we can find the lovely, lovely Kickstarter for Spirit's Destiny. So um, go. Yes, uh, Dorothy's Jean on Facebook. Uh, I don't don't go on my Facebook. I'm, I'm very not. Uh, don't, don't do it. I'm kind of censored on there. I'm very more censored on Twitter, so don't go on my face. If you go on my Facebook, it's at your discretion. I'm just you. Uh, <laughs> um, Twitter, Spirit's Destiny, you. Um, Instagram, Spirit's Destiny Universe, but um, that's pretty much it. I don't be really much beyond my Tumblr. I think I'll start working on that, but my, as for my Facebook, if you follow me, I'm, I'm just warning you, you can ask everybody. Like, I'm not sensitive there. I'm sorry. I, my apologies. I'm, I'm apologizing before right now. I'm curious. <laughs> yes, and I just want to throw out there when she gets onto her rants and cussing folks out and saying crazy shit. Guess who gets who gets in trouble from the publisher? <laughs> Not her. <laughs> what? Uh, All right. Well, uh, Julie, where can they find you on the interwebs? Um, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Art of Julie A. 
And um, yeah, just look me up. Facebook, I'm there too, but I barely post up anything up there because Facebook is Facebook. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah, but I'm active on Instagram and I'm also trying to be more active on Twitter. You know, I have a problem of favoring every YouTube video that I see, especially when it has to do with the new E3 uh, conference that they recently had. So, sorry. I also like video games a lot, too. Oh, we'll, we'll have to talk games next time, and hopefully Leo will be here. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right up Leo's alley. And LaShawn, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, well, on the contrary to Julie, I am very heavily on Facebook. That's where most of my followers all are on Facebook. So you can definitely find me on there, LaShawn uh, Colvin, uh, C-O-L-V as in victory, I-N. And then um, I'm on Instagram. It's beautiful underscore soldiers. And Dorsey forced me to get on Twitter. I just <laughs> recently got on there. So I have been trying to be more active on there and transfer to all of my followers that I got on Facebook to Twitter. And shit, I don't even know what my Twitter is. Hold on. <laughs> I believe it's beautiful soldiers. Yeah, you said it correct. Do I do I have any type of underscore? Oh uh, um, yeah, yes. Got... Oh no no it's team Team underscore beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, okay. It's actually team underscore underscore beautiful. Okay. Okay. Yes. As for my Kickstarter, you guys can just click on the search bar and put Spirits Destiny, or you guys can put um, Short Fuse Media. I'm the ongoing um, Kickstarter. Go ahead and pledge. You will not be disappointed. They, these guys actually read uh, issue one, so they already know the way my writing style is actually elevated. So go ahead and pledge. Let's get this book out by next month or so, whenever the, the printer finished printing out. So come on, guys. I, I, I pledged already, but I'm looking I'm looking at the shirts, and I'm, I'm thinking about, about changing my pledge to guess, get a shirt. Guess who did the logo, though? That... Okay. Yeah, Julie the logo. I want to revamp. I'm like, I got a new artist, new book that's been rebooted, and I'm like, I want a new logo. So that's what I did, and I'm very happy with it. And you will like the shirt. Yeah. Okay. You gotta look. Gotta look, gotta look at how my my money is looking. That's the only thing about <laughs> Kickstarter. I love Kickstarters, but I always like pledge and I pray that uh. That the money is going to be there when the campaign ends because they don't take it out to the end. Oh, yeah. But either way, either way, I'm I'm on board with my pledge. Awesome, that's really good, you guys. Uh, I do want to say thank you so much for having me and the girls on, and um, this was a really good platform, and it was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Oh yeah, definitely. And um come back, you know, when when just whatever you're working on, you know. Definitely wanna talk about beautiful beautiful soldiers and awesome. everything. Definitely. Uh it should uh Dorothy and Julie have been on me to get my book out. But see what they don't understand is is that, you know, my 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 girls, my beautiful soldier girls, they talk to me. 
and they tell me when they're ready. So they're not ready. <laughs> they're not ready yet. If they're not but ready, they're not ready. <laughs> but, no, but the high schoolers, the high schoolers, though, it doesn't matter what they think they're ready. <laughs> of course, they're foreign. <laughs> high schools get nervous. High school girls. Exactly. But on a serious note, like the book does come out this year, and I'm really excited about it. Julie and Dorothy have been so supportive of me through that, through, through this whole process. So I would definitely keep you guys um, marketing and uh, uh, updated. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, we're definitely looking forward to everything that, that you all are working on, and definitely we're big supporters of what you're doing. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank I also you. have some projects mm-hmm. later on that's going to be lined up mm-hmm. and, um, in the future. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen with them, but it will come in fruition very, very soon. And I can't wait to work on, on Nia Kaler. I cannot yes. wait to see Beautiful Soldiers in a physical yeah. copy of my hands, LaShawn. A physical <laughs> copy of my hands. <laughs> so... <laughs> so... I the because the artwork is beautiful, everything is beautiful, and like, and I just I just can't I can't can't wait because I have a collection, I have a library with my mangas. I also have a library of American. I'm more I guess more picky with American comics versus mangas. Mm-hmm. And if I see something beautiful, I need to have it. And if I can also let you know, Marcus, me and Julie are, we actually work on another title. Uh, it's, it's a manga title. with these, Oh, really? Yes, with these two guys. And when I tell you, this manga is really going to set a high bar because Julie is, oh, when I tell you, those pages are breathtakingly beautiful. And I'm so excited for this can manga. You... Can you tell us the title, or is that is that under wraps? It's called. Um, oh shit, Julie! What? I'm just forgetting everything. Julie, what's it called? <laughs> Dark Crescent. Dark Crescent. Yes, it's actually by these two young, uh, young guys. Uh, young guys, and it's it's so it's so awesome to see young young black men just doing something. Because when you talk, I think they're like what Julie like. 18 yeah they're young yeah i think the oldest is like 21 the youngest is 18 i believe yes so it's so awesome to see young black men they're in college they're doing something you know uh something good and you know i'm their book is really good and they actually came to me from believe it or not dorothy dorothy has a lot she says a lot of people me and julie's wife Wow, <laughs> I'm definitely intrigued. Um, so so the book's not out yet, or is no, it? No, it's not. No, it's not out yet. We're uh, we're in production now. Judy's actually on the pages now, and um, it's it's looking really good. It's really good. Yeah, the, actually, the recent pages I've done, only one page I did that was on the the Photoshop, mm. but my Wacom and everything started going really really slow. Mm-hmm. So. Like what Sean says, she had to do stuff traditional. I've been doing the pages traditionally, yeah, and so forth because it's you know sometimes when you go back and I realized like it, there was a learning curve because in my mind I was like okay, control S, <laughs> control yeah. E, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, no, really. Um, actually, for for um Shaka Jamal in the audience, he asked uh, for the title again. Can you guys say it again? Uh, 
dark crescent, like a crescent moon. Okay, like a moon. Okay, mm-hmm. dark crescent. Yeah, please. When when it comes out, um, definitely just we'd like to have the whole team on to talk. Cause yeah, I mean, like, you know, black people love some some manga. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's cool to have a uh, one that's created by all black people. Yeah. So. Yes, I definitely all wanna... black people. Two yeah. black guys and two black women. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah please, please uh, let us yeah. know when it comes out. Definitely let us know that. Definitely. Cool. All right, Marcus, and where can they find you? Um, you can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram as far as social media are concerned. Um, I have other accounts, but those are the ones that I actually use. And um, other yeah. Accounts? Yeah, just uh, just look for just uh, look for Marcus Kwame dot com. I am I'm on Instagram. Uh, Marcus underscore Kwame on Instagram. Yeah. How do you spell? Oh, I see it. It popped up. Okay. Yeah, that's me. And so then uh, Thursdays. What's that? Oh, Thursdays. Yes, Thursdays. Um, we actually just put up the seventh and final page of the um, Snow Days preview. Um, for issue two, it went up uh, yesterday. So, but definitely check out snowdayscomic.com because you know there's a lot of content on there. You can read the entire issue one and a lot of um, web comics that are you know interwoven with the main story, but also stand on their own. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of snow days on the website, and then you can read um, the first seven pages of issue two, um, which will be coming out soon. Nice. Now, was it a coincidence that you this came out during the winter? Uh, no, man, I planned it all, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Look out for that. And um, there's, I have a project that I'm very excited and slightly terrified about. Um, that I can't really, you know, get into now. But it's it's something I'll be working on this coming year. Um. I think it's, it'll, it'll definitely be the biggest uh, comic project that I've uh, drawn to date. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it and and to be being able to tell people more. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll find a, 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 some podcast that might be able to interview you about that. So. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm actually on your Instagram page right now, Marcus. Your last name is Anderson? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fellow Anderson. Yeah, it's so hard to find fellow Anderson, especially when they're black. (laughs) Black Anderson, yeah. And as for me, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Latin Negro, one N. Yeah, so you can find me on those. Um, I am on Facebook. You can, you know, check me out, Anthony Otero. Um, I'll make sure to. um, Anthony who? Otero, O-T-E-R-O. You can go on my website, anthonyotero.com. You can give you links to both my novels and the link to uh, Puerto Rico Strong, uh, which I wrote a um, a brief uh, story in, and all proceeds still go to uh, people in need in Puerto Rico. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and, pl- and please read that. I mean, it's it's for a good cause, but it also is just um, some incredible comic book material in general. Like, there's there's some super talented people. Super talented, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just... Yeah. Okay, my peoples, it's about that time. Thank you so much. I had such a great time tonight. Yeah, me too. Uh, we we laughed a lot, <laughs> and I really look forward to those stretch goals. Yeah, most definitely. Awesome. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Thank 
excuse for the chat. It's been such an awesome time. I I can't wait. Like I, I really can't wait. You know, see the stretch goals out, and I can't wait to see the physical copy. I also want Spirit Destiny physical copy in my hands, mm -hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> So I'm I'm just really excited. Thank you so much uh, for having me here and having all of us here too. Yes, yeah, thank you. That no, was really nice of you. Yeah, it's our our pleasure. Our pleasure. That's right. You are you are welcome to come back anytime. Awesome. Okay, we will. Just knock on the door. We'll be here. <laughs> just knock on the door. again. <laughs> just call Marcus at one a.m. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> I got him. Call him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good night. Good you night. Too. Okay, thank you. Uh, good night, everyone. Bye, ladies. Black comics. Black comics. Black comics.